Hello, it's Bernard Nomberg with the Nomberg Law Firm in Birmingham, Alabama. Thank you for stopping by the Nomberg Law Live podcast. Each week, I try to bring interesting conversations from people in their areas of expertise. Birmingham attorney Inge Johnstone is certainly fits that bill. Inge is a local lawyer, a good friend, and has also found the right balance of work and life that has reduced his stress, made him healthier, and really just has a great focus on things. Inge and I talk about insurance, the type of cases that he deals with, with short-term health insurance policies, those types of things. And then the latter part of our discussion, we hit on that work-life balance and those things that he's put in place that help him. We hope that you'll enjoy this episode of Nomberg Law Live podcast. If you like this episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating and a review and subscribing will ensure that you get each podcast as they come out on a weekly basis. Thank you again. Good morning. It's Bernard Nomberg with another weekly episode of Nomberg Law Live. Hope everybody's doing well on this Tuesday. I've got my buddy Inge Johnstone with me. Good morning, Inge. How are you, friend? Good morning, Bernard. I'm doing well, aside from the few technical difficulties I had trying to figure out how to use blue jeans, but that's uh, that's my fault. Not a, not a worry in the world. I tell you what, if that's our biggest worry for the day, I think we'll be doing okay. But uh, as we do every Tuesday, Nomberg Law Live, 10 o'clock Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, and I'm out in Pacific, so it's a little early out here. We try to bring interesting conversations from people of their fields of expertise, and Inge certainly fits the bill. So Inge, let's, let's get into this. Why don't you tell folks a little bit about yourself and your practice, and then we'll get rolling. Okay, that's, uh, that's great. I'll do that. I'll try not to get too long-winded about it, but I uh, grew up in Mobile, uh, and went to law school at Alabama and then pra started practicing in Mobile, came up here with my wife, and then we had kids up here. We uh, live in Vestavia. I have two boys. They're 15 and 12. And in my spare time, I practice law. And what we do here at Johnstone Carroll, I guess the, one of my biggest areas is representing policyholders against insurance companies. And... Another one is, is personal injury, and we do business litigation also. So we have been together as a firm for the last, I think this is our five-year anniversary. And I have been practicing law since 1998 and have enjoyed just about every minute of it. It's really nice getting to do something where you learn something new every day and you get to help people. That's, that's outstanding. I know that you and David have been friends for, for a while now. You and I have become acquainted over the last year or so, and I'm, I'm so glad you've got some time uh, to share with us a little bit. And you do a lot more on social media than the average lawyer who I've seen, and I'm so glad to see what you do. And we're gonna get into that uh, as well. But from a, a legal standpoint, from a, a practicing standpoint, I wanna talk about short-term health insurance plans and the problems that they cause for the average uh, person out there. 
and I know that's one of the areas that you concentrate in and do such a fine job. If you would, let's let's jump into that and talk to us about, give us an example of what we're talking about here and why it should be on the radar screen of people who may be in that position. Yeah, absolutely, Bernard. If you go online and you search for hospital plans or health care plans or even Obamacare plans, you likely will, well, you will, there's not any likely about it, you will most certainly come across many websites all saying that there are many different options and they'll ask you to put in your zip code and they'll ask you to put in a little information about yourself. Most of these websites have nothing whatsoever to do with the government. They are not the marketplace. They are private companies that are selling health plans, and many of these plans are not Obamacare plans or they're not Affordable Care Act plans. They are either short-term health care plans, which are plans that can be written for up to a year and can be renewed three times, or there's something called association plans, which are similar type plans. The bad thing about association plans and short-term health care plans is that the people that are marketing thing, these things are selling them as major medical health care plans. And they're touting their benefits as offering the same type of benefits that you get from a normal insurance policy. But when people have these claims, and if they have a serious claim, they quickly find out that they aren't normal because unlike your job-related insurance policy or the one that you might purchase through the marketplace, these plans do not cover pre-existing conditions. They do not provide mental health benefits. They do not provide maternity care. They have lifetime maximums. A lot of times they have very small limitations on the services that they do provide. And I've even seen some people sold preventative plans, which only paid for three doctor's visits a year, even though they were told they were being sold hospital plans explicitly over the phone. And these types of plans really started taking off around 2014 when certain companies saw a, an economic opportunity when Obamacare came, became effective. And they started marketing these types of plans really aggressively to people using websites, using phone calls. They have a call-in number. One of the leading people that was doing this was a company called Health Insurance Innovations. They're not the only player, but they're the largest. And they basically prepackaged this whole thing where they could go to an insurance company and they would have, they would provide for a call center to take calls and they would um, put together sample policies and they also would match people up with insurance companies. And then if you have a claim, you're usually not dealing with an actual claims person, but you're dealing with a call center. So it's bad because not only do they not cover the stuff they're supposed to cover, but even the stuff they do cover, a lot of times they don't pay because of the way that they are set up. And I see many of these cases and they're dangerous for people. Well, let's, before we get into the bad part of this, talk to us, Inge, a little bit about what good are these policies? What Did they provide any benefits to people? I think it depends on the policy. And I would say that some companies are, are better than others, and some policies 
do provide some benefits. For instance, um, with many of these policies, not all of them, if you had something like a broken leg that you broke during the policy period, that sort of thing might be covered. But interestingly enough, I've looked at claims like that where the insurance company has actually denied the claim, even though it should be covered under the policy. So they do have some, some of the policies do provide some coverage mm -hmm. that could theoretically be helpful to people, but a lot of times the claim service is so bad that people are getting denied and denied for claims that otherwise should be paid. So are, when people are taking out these policies, are they just seeing that it's cheap coverage for insurance? Is that what they're initially being sold on? That's only part of it. I would say that the what they're being told is it is major medical coverage that will mm -hmm. satisfy the same needs as a normal health insurance policy. And oh, by the way, it's cheaper. And here in Alabama, where our health insurance premiums can be high, even in the marketplace, that's very appealing to people who don't have the money to pay $1,000 a month for health insurance. And so they're paying, uh, you know, they may be paying anywhere from $200 to $600 for one of these plans, and they end up paying a good deal of money. It is cheaper right. than normal insurance would be, but they're being told that it's so that it serves the same purpose as normal insurance. When, when in fact, it, it really does not. But before we get into that part, I want to welcome Mitch and Chelsea and Alyssa and others who are watching us live from different parts of the country. We're talking with Inge Johnstone at Johnstone Carroll in Birmingham. Good morning, Mom. And what we're talking about are short-term health insurance policies. And we've talked very briefly about what they should be, but now, I want you to tell us the reality of what they actually are and the problems that they cause for people who are in that situation where they're expecting coverage and it's not there. Absolutely. Well, I, a typical experience goes like this. A person is retiring or they are, have just left one job, they're looking for another job or they're switching jobs maybe they're going into business for themselves. And so they begin trying to be responsible and looking for a health insurance policy to cover them while they're in this new stage of their life. They go on the internet, they look for health insurance plans, they pull up a website, the website looks as if it's advertising Obamacare plans or Affordable Care Act plans, and they click on that website and they either, uh, after answering a few questions, they either call the 800 number listed on the website or someone from the website actually calls them after you know, using their contact information. When they talk to this person, they explain that they're looking for healthcare coverage and for major medical coverage. And the person assures them that they have policies that will suit their needs and they sell them a policy and then that same day, this person usually gets an email that has a link to a website. Mm -hmm. And that's the companies would argue that they are providing you with a copy of the policy. But what I find is that they 
when you get this link, you might have to click through five other things to finally find what's, what is the policy. And with some of these policies, you actually might be getting 10 different documents. And so it can be very confusing. If you are trying to navigate it on your phone, there's no way you're gonna get to your policy. And so people really aren't given any kind of reasonable opportunity to review the coverage they're getting they get a health insurance card in the mail, and so they think they've got major medical coverage. And a lot of times, they've just been flatly told that they have major medical coverage. They go to the hospital for a major condition. You know, I've, I've seen folks that have had heart attacks. I've been, seen folks that have had strokes, major surgeries. But what, what happens is they end up holding the bill for maybe $150,000 worth of, of medical charges, I, I talked to someone the other day that had over $300,000 worth of medical charges that they were holding, and they had been sold a, apparently a preventative care plan, even though they were, you know, couldn't actually see the policy and had asked for a paper copy of the policy. So <laughs> it's not the kind of folks, it's not the kind of thing that uh, reasonable pe people can really figure out normal, smart, responsible people are getting tricked by um, many of these companies that are selling these things, and it's happening all over the place. And you can find a number of articles on the Internet about how that's happening. So they're paying their premiums, and in exchange, they, they think they're getting some coverage, but in reality, they're going to end up with a pile of bills. Then they're coming to you, and then what happens? Well, when they, come, when they come to me, what we do is we look through uh, all of their paperwork. We try to really understand what's going on in their lives, and we try to get to know them as people. Because I think what we want to do is the problems we deal with are not just legal problems, they're people problems. And we, want, we treat each of our clients you know, like they're friends. We try to give them personal touch. And we look at the documents that they were given. We look at the explanations that the companies are giving for the denials. We've got a pretty good bank of research and depositions and things like that about the way these things are happening in the real world and the kind of the truth behind the scenes. And so we apply that to look to see if they have a case. And in a lot of these, uh, in many of these cases, there is you know, there's there's something that we believe that we can do, and and isn't there isn't this really doesn't this amount to fraud? I mean, it really is a, a form of theft. But is it are the the legal theories or the actions that you potentially bring, or maybe a breach of contract, maybe fraud? Talk to us just briefly about that. Sure, Bernard. On the front end, you do have there's definitely fraud. That's, um, there, you know, you might even say that there's promissory fraud. And in Alabama, our Deceptive Trade Practices Act doesn't apply to insurance companies, unfortunately. But in many states, this would also be a deceptive trade practice because it really falls right within the letter of that law. It absolutely is. Now, aside from the misrepresentations on the front end of, when, you know, when someone's trying to buy the policy, on the back end, what we're looking at generally are breach of contract and bad faith. A lot of times 
like I mentioned to you, we have some really bad claims practices because what you do is you have call centers that are the people that are answering calls. They're not claims people. And then the claims people that are at the company, they're reviewing hundreds of, of claims a day and they have, they're reviewing hundreds and hundreds of documents a day. Sometimes we've seen quotas with regard to what they have to review in an hour and they're overworked, they're having to review too much, and you know, there's these companies are very profitable, so there's there's an incentive for them for them not to really do the best job of looking for ways to find coverage. And, and on the other side of the equation, you've got a person who is desperately hoping, expecting that they're gonna have coverage from an from their insurance company when in reality they're going to be holding the bill and then the hospital or the clinic is going to be suing them for collections. Um, right. And, right. And, and do these potentially lead to jury trials if they're not settled beforehand? Generally, yes, because it is a, most of the short-term, pretty much all the short-term care policies are not ERISA policies, and so they're going to be governed by state law. Mm -hmm. The association plans, many of these people will try to argue that they are ERISA plans. That is, is up for debate because they have nothing to do with the folks that are buying them with their employment, and they really don't have anything to do with any legitimate trade association. Right. And so while a lot of these plans, we anticipate that they're going to argue that they're ERISA-based plans, they clearly aren't. And you know we'll have to take that as it comes, but we believe that they should be governed by state law. Well, thank you for that explanation. For those of you just joining us, I've got Inge Johnstone with Johnstone Carroll in Birmingham with me. We're talking about short-term health insurance plans and the problems that arise when you think you have coverage, but in reality, you likely don't. Inge, if folks wanna get in touch with you, if they have this situation, what's the best way to reach you and your firm? I think probably the, the best place to start is just go to the website, which is www.johnstonecarroll.com. Okay. And also, of course, we also have our Facebook site. You can contact us through that. And we have our good old-fashioned telephone number. That's It's on the website. Uh, I think it's on our Facebook account, and it's 205-383-1809. So those are all different ways folks can get in touch with us. And we'll make sure we put all your contact information in the comments section here when we get finished. I want to pivot for just a minute, Inge, because as I said earlier, I know you do a lot on social media, and I really appreciate it, and I love seeing your videos, the workout videos, and all that you've been doing of late. And that brings me to our, our next topic is really a combination of, of social media and wellness and health, which I know is very important to you, just like it is for me and for David and for so many others. You're a busy dude. You're running a practice. You've got a family, kids. We, we all have stresses in our life. But I want to talk about how do you do that balance so well? What's your routine? What's, what's important to you? Because I know that you also have periods of, of gratitude where you like to just step back and, and be thankful for, for who and what is going on in your life. So let's just open it up and start talking in that, that area. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you and let you talk for a minute. <laughs> Well, Bernard, you're, you're a great role model in that respect because I know you practice gratitude yourself. 
and juggle. Uh, you have many balls in the air. Plus, I'm looking in the background and I'm seeing palm trees. So I'm a little bit <laughs> jealous. True. I've been wanting to say something this whole call, but you've got palm trees in the background and I don't. Well, I'll tell you, Inge, as, as Mitch, who's watching us, would say, I'm in Pac-12 territory. I'm certainly not in the 35213 this morning coming to you. I'm at a national work comp seminar where David spoke yesterday. Uh, there's about 350 lawyers from around the country, a whole bunch of smart folks that we're learning from. But uh, you're right, I'm out of the office today. Well, I know that they're learning a lot from you guys, too, because you all do such a wonderful job with what you do. And I know we refer cases to you. We tell people to refer cases to you. And we really appreciate it. You're just great folks and great lawyers. So I'm grateful for our friendship. But yeah, you know, I have, I, I've tried to develop a routine that, that helps me try to stay on top of things. And some days are better than other days, but generally what I do is I get up pretty early in the morning. Uh, today I got up at 4.45 and I'll go, I'll do a workout downstairs. I like to do something that's uh, fun and hard, usually functional fitness. It's based on like a CrossFit type of, of theme. But I'll do that for maybe 45 minutes, maybe an hour. And then I'll come upstairs. And I think it's very important to find that quiet time. And I'll meditate. Sometimes I'll read something meaningful. And obviously the there's so many choices of meaningful uh, literature in our society, whether, you know, whether it's our, um, our religious materials or whether it's stuff on Stoicism. Stoicism is really popular now or going back and reading things like Aristotle or heck, you know, these days there's some, there's some really good books where people are reflecting on what's really important in life. And it's nice to see that. I think that's a reaction to the chaotic, somewhat materialistic times that we live in. And so, you know, aside from the, after that quiet time, uh, I like to, you've, you've probably seen me make my, my power coffee, which is uh, fresh ground, very strong coffee that I'll add coconut oil and butter to, and sometimes I'll add some other stuff to it. And that helps get me going. I like to generally eat pretty, clean, uh, which means trying to be as natural as possible and avoiding excess sugar. But I will say that occasionally I do enjoy craft beer. So I, I certainly uh, can't claim to be totally clean. I also try to, throughout the day, organize my time to where I have blocks of time to do the important things. Typically, I'll look on Sunday afternoons and look at the week ahead and try to block out most of those, but leaving in some space for when things don't go as planned, leaving big blocks of time for working on the things that are planned, and importantly, kind of, and maybe even ironically, getting away from social media a little bit. So I'll have the notifications for email turned off. On my phone, I have all my notifications turned off except for messenger and text. And that's just in case there's some kind of, you know, someone's trying to reach me that way. I probably probably ought to turn off Messenger, but I haven't done that yet. And on the computer, I'll generally keep, I won't look at emails except for maybe uh, once or twice a day. Because I find that when you have all that stuff going on, 
you get so distracted and you really just need to be able to think about one thing at a time to the extent that you can. We all do better at doing that. I, I think that's so very yes. important. You're able to compartmentalize, you're able to, to prioritize and, and for the, the average busy professional, that's not an easy thing to, to create that type of a, a daily environment or that daily routine. So I absolutely applaud your efforts. I want to see more of those videos. I love the, the workout videos and the power coffee uh, that you share. I think that it's so important to just every once in a while, whether it's daily or, or a few times a, a week, find some of that time for yourself. You kind of regroup, you're recentering. And for me, uh, and you've seen me on the trail, most folks who follow me on social know that that's, that's my time. I love to get out there and just turn my music on and just get lost for an hour or two. Uh, I, I'm never too far away, but at the same time, you're just kind of stepping back. I think it's so important because if you don't do that, you're going to burn out. You're going you're gonna to be overstressed and you're no good to anybody otherwise. Well, and what that's what you do getting away in the woods is kind of has double benefits because not only are you getting that quiet time, but you're getting in nature. And there have been a lot of studies that show the stress reducing effect of just being around things like trees. Yeah. So when did you start doing that, Bernard? I, I've been hiking for probably 25 years, but I haven't turned it into uh, the routine until probably about five or six years ago. About three, no, almost two years ago, David and I moved our office to where we currently sit now, and there's 11 miles of hiking trails, as you know it, behind our office and the JCC that runs parallel to Montclair Road. And that really is such a great spot. I've been back there for so many times, I could probably be a tour guide at this point, uh, Inge, but uh, it really, regardless, if, it doesn't matter if you're in the woods, or if you're lifting weights, or if you're, you're doing meditation, it doesn't matter really, I think, what it is, as long as you find that thing that brings you joy, and then you incorporate that into your schedule. You know, it's all about priorities. If, if it doesn't mean anything to you, then you're, you're wasting your time, and, and probably it won't be for, for any benefit. Right, and I, I think what wraps all of this together is purpose, and you know, it's not just, you don't want to be like a hamster on a wheel. You want to be, you want to hope that your life has some meaning. And you want to derive that meaning, in my opinion, from friends, family, and meaningful work. And that meaningful work needs to involve getting outside of yourself and helping other people. Ange, what a, what a great way to conclude our conversation. I couldn't have said it any better, my friend. I appreciate well, I, your time this morning. <laughs> Bernard, I've enjoyed it. You have a great time out there and travel safe and keep on doing all the great stuff you're doing. Thank you. And you too, my friend. We'll talk to you another time. And guys, this will be it for our discussion on Nomberg Law Live. Each Tuesday, we try to come to you at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific. We try to bring interesting folks in their areas of expertise. And Inge certainly fit that bill today. So I hope everybody has a great rest of your week and we'll catch you another time. Be well. Bye, guys.